Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Staney. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Welcome mm-hmm. to episode 13, officially episode 13. teenagers. Yeah, we're in puberty, <laughs> podcast puberty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you're yeah. looking nice and happy, happy tonight. What are you drinking? I am drinking... I don't even know what to call it, honestly. There's like pineapple juice and ginger beer, not ginger ale, like ginger beer. Oh, ginger possibly. beer. Okay. Yeah. And cool. um and a dark rum and some tequila. Oh my god, so, that's a it's a nasty combination. Why is it nasty? Nasty as in nasty. <laughs> like Janet Jackson nasty. <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking? <laughs> Nothing Janet with alcohol. Jackson nasty is great, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, I'm just drinking some Zevia tonight. No alcohol. I have surgery okay. in two days, and so I need to, you know, lay off the alcohol until I drank for over. two of us last episode, um, and I don't do even know again? if that was a good thing. <laughs> I don't have a choice. You're not drinking, so okay. I know. Turn up. I know, but... We'll still have fun. All right. What are we talking about tonight, Beth? What's going on with the labor shortage? The labor Some... shortage. Right. The or should we put it in air quotes? Labor shortage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something yeah. that should not be a political issue has been politicized, and the Republicans keep talking about there being a labor shortage because there's a lot of businesses that have positions open, but they're not being filled. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, and we I'm don't sure really... we've, we've all seen the memes of like all the businesses with like, I guess, duct tape or whatever, with the notices <laughs> saying that, you know, we don't want to work here for bad wages. And we don't want to this that mm-hmm. and you won't hire us anyways, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, and I thought those are hilarious. I started to collect them. I think I got to about 12 of various businesses and I thought it was very, very funny. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's like a major paradigm shift in America where mm-hmm. where in terms of labor and the power of laborers. So I'm I'm very excited right. for this time. I am too. Yeah. And so let's talk about a couple of different things that will lead us down that path. There are uh, people on unemployment insurance right now who are being dragged just utterly dragged by the Republican Party and even some Republican voters that I know. And I think it's because of just sheer ignorance about what unemployment insurance is, Mm -hmm. how that relates to the labor market itself, and then also the dignity of choosing your employer. So let's start by talking about what unemployment insurance is. And notice I'm not calling it unemployment benefits. It's unemployment Mm -hmm. insurance. Yeah, because that's the actual name. That is the actual name. It was created in 1935 as a means to help people who had uh, temporarily lost their jobs. And COVID is a perfect example of that. (laughs) The last year, so many people lost their jobs because either businesses were cutting back on staff or they were closing down completely. So the taxes that are collected from employers are paid into this insurance system on behalf of each working person so that we have some means of income if we were to ever lose our jobs through no fault of our own. Yeah. And the, the insurance program is run by the states and the states can have some flexibility with 
how much is offered and for how long, but the Federal Department of Labor oversees all 50 states implementation and operations. Now there's also what's called extended benefits, which mm-hmm. is at the federal level and that can be granted above and beyond what the state offers. And that's what happened with COVID. The federal program is offering currently an extra $300 a week on top of the state unemployment that a person would get. And those workers who had their jobs displaced due to the pandemic, it was put in place for that reason through the CARES Act. And so if since you and I are in the state of Ohio, the state of Ohio has a certain amount of money that we would get if we were to file unemployment, but then the federal government is currently giving $300 on top of that. And that is set to expire in September of this year. I did notice that. And it it was it was set by the federal government, wasn't it, for it to be expiring in September of this year for all the states? Yes, exactly. Apparently, if if we want to go the route of, you know, the, the talking point of some people, states rights, you know. Like I said before, we yeah. live in a country of 50 different countries. So, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, even each though state it was slated, right. yeah, even though it was slated for September, you know, some people, some states are like, no. Yeah, and, that's really what's going on right now. The, the Republican Party is their um, their talking point is that if a person is getting an extra $300 on top of the normal unemployment insurance, it's disincentivizing those people from getting out and going out and finding a job. So there are some states all run by Republican governors who are cutting the federal funding of $300 a week and going back to their regularly scheduled program. And they think that that's going to get people to work faster. Yeah. So I have a list of the states that, just in case anybody's curious, the states that are dropping the federal funding early prior to the September deadline are Missouri, Iowa, Mississippi, Alaska, Alabama, West Virginia, Idaho, North Dakota, Wyoming, Ohio, Georgia, Utah, Arkansas, South Dakota, Montana, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Arizona. So... They think that it's if they drop the insurance that people will suddenly be like, oh, okay, I'll go back to work today. Yeah, But I think that's, that's a stupid notion. That's what has caused this issue to become politicized and yes. is now politics because now we're having um, like legislation, I guess, change from, as we said before, it's supposed to end in September. And now mm-hmm. it's whenever these states decide to... And so I want to really highlight how dumb this is that people are saying, oh, if we just drop their unemployment, they'll get back to work early. The state unemployment insurance is just that. It's insurance Mm -hmm. that we all pay into. So we have insurance policies if we drive a car. That's to make sure that we're covered if there's a catastrophic event of an accident or something. So we all pay into it. And now people are suggesting that we shouldn't be able to leverage that. And it's wrong for us to leverage something we've paid into. Um, A person who hasn't worked can't pay into it. Therefore, they can't draw on it. So this is really working people who have paid into it that are saying, okay, I'm going to take this time, X amount of time to find a job. So for people to say, oh, all these people are on unemployment or lazy and too picky and they just need to take the first damn job that's available. That's extremely insensitive for multiple reasons. 
it's dehumanizing to the people who are taking time to seek a job that reflects their value and their worth. And it also, yeah. And it also removes the ability for people to have a choice in where they want to work. And, you know, conservatives are usually all about people having their own choice, free market. Yeah. Free market. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Your own choice, except for when it's a woman and her womb. There you go. There, there's the one it. exception. Right. <laughs> well, now here's the yeah. second exception. They say when it comes to a job, you have to take whatever's available. You can't have a choice in where you want to work. Yeah. Um, so saying that people should, should have to fill whatever position's available just because it's there is like saying that you want to force people to work at a particular place without consent. And I'm all about consent in everything. Okay. And right. I don't want anybody to be forcing me to work at a place just because it's available. I want to have some choice and I want to have some thought going into that so applying for jobs is sort of like dating i think that you should have standards if you just say yes to every opportunity that comes to you things probably are not going to end up well for you you could be you could end up abused sick dead broke whatever so i saw a meme recently and i don't remember if i've sent it to you or posted it but it was like it was a, a cartoon like a four panel cartoon that said, you know, this guy's looking for a job and the, the the employer or the HR is just like, well, we really like your resume or whatever. What are your salary expectations? And so this person has like divided up their salary expectations into like three parts where it was like, one was like, if I'm doing the bare minimum and you expect the bare minimum, this is what I expect to be paid. In the middle was like, you know, I'll do a little bit more or whatever, whatever. I'll take a little less breaks. I'll do, you know, a little overtime or whatever if you'll pay me this much. And like, if you want to if you want to get all of these things where I stay overnight and I work on weekends and you have my personal cell phone number and whatever, whatever, then you got to pay me this much. So mm-hmm. here's what they are. And it's like a tiered system. I, 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 I hope I can yeah. find it where I can put it up. But they were just like, well, here here it is. You choose which tier you want, employer. And I think that's kind of where America is moving towards, not necessarily exactly as that cartoon shows, but where people are just like, I know my worth. Like, you can't call me in to work on the weekends because fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think we have to we we have to have a little bit of a give and take when it comes to employment. And and that's Mm -hmm. what everybody should expect. So. It seems like businesses and some people who are have bought into the, the, the business propaganda is they're acting like a business is entitled to have people busting down their doors and wanting to, to come work for them. Yeah. And that lacks a lot of self-reflection. So there are out, some business owners and some of my friends who have work in, in, in an establishment that has open positions and they're frustrated because they're having to pick up extra shifts and nobody's applying for those jobs, they're all on social media blasting people right now saying, if you're on unemployment, you're lazy and you're selfish because, you know, we have jobs open, come work for us. Okay. That's not exactly the way to entice people to come work for you. No. Because it kind of sounds like a toxic environment, Uh, but far be it from a potential employee to pay attention to the job posting itself. This is something I posted on Facebook recently, and I had friends who were thanking me for speaking out because they have been on unemployment sometime within the past year and they're seeing all this narrative on social media and in the you know right-wing media saying that people who are on unemployment are lazy and selfish 
these people work really hard. They work so hard. And I know that they're not lazy. I know that they're not being selfish, but they know their worth and they're not finding something out there that matches what they, what their ethics and morals are. What really pisses me off about this whole, you're on unemployment. So that's why you're kind of like not looking for a job. A number of states and a majority of states, it's over 25, require that you be actively looking for a job to receive yes. unemployment benefits. And you have to prove that you are actively looking for a job. And you have to yes. say, why didn't you get this job? Or why were you turned down? Or why did you refuse this job for you to get the benefits this week or this month or whatever? And the next thing is, I would like to reiterate what you were talking about from the, from the jump. This is unemployment insurance. This yeah. is money that you have paid into a system, a pool, if you wish, mm -hmm. um, while you were employed, while you were working. And it's been racking up and stacking up. And it is for the purposes of keeping you afloat when you have lost employment to no reason or cause of your own. Yeah. So, you know, let me tell you something, Beth, I'll give you a personal example. Um, I lost my job however many years ago, about six months after Trump became president, because I was working through a service that was government granted. Like we got grants from the government and that's how we paid our employees. And I was I working remember. with, refu mm -hmm. yeah, I was working with refugees, et cetera. And, you know, a lot of people, because I, I never went on social media and said, you know, oh, you know, I'm fine or I'm not fine or whatever, because I keep my business personal. They thought like I was good and I wasn't like I lost my job because the White House sent a letter to our agency saying that the grant funds will be stopped because of this whole Muslim ban and We've reduced the number of refugees we're intaking per year from 145,000 to 35,000. Mm -hmm. So a whole organization got shut down, an organization called World Relief. They would intake the, the refugees and, and, and then, you know, put them in other different agencies to get them placed and whatever, whatever. I was one of these other agencies. So World Relief got shut down because they couldn't get you know, any more grants from the government. And so ultimately when the grants were just trickling down, trickling down, I lost my job. I lost my job as a direct result of president Trump becoming or Trump becoming president. And I remember when I was dealing with HR and like my last few days or whatever, and they they were like, Oh, by the way, um, we will sign off on your unemployment or whatever. If, if you want to go ahead and sign up right now, we'll help you, whatever, because you're not like losing this job because you were a terrible worker or we had to fire you or whatever. It's, mm -hmm. we just don't have any more money. So, but you, you know, sign up for unemployment. And I remember being a very proud and prideful person coming from a long line of proud and prideful people where when I heard that I was just like unemployment, fuck that. I ain't get no fucking un unemployment. I'm not one of those people. I'm gonna go get another job or create a job or whatever. Like I'm not, don't, don't, I'm like, I was so like, not necessarily like felt like I was slighted or something, but like when she said unemployment, like I felt in my mind, like you think I'm one of them motherfuckers who get on unemployment? Like I'm not whatever. <laughs> so I never got on it. Like I started looking for jobs, started hustling, started creating my own job, started, you know, doing whatever. And one day, a good friend of mine 
um, came over and he was just like, oh, so, you know, are, are you getting your unemployment, whatever? And I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not getting that. And he's just like, why the fuck are you not getting that? And I'm like, that's just for lazy people, man. That's just for people who ain't trying to like do their thing. Like I'm trying to do my thing. And he's like, no, you fucking moron. While you were working, you were paying into it. It's called unemployment insurance. And yes. the money that you would get back is literally money that you worked and paid into this. Right. And at that point, I felt like a fucking idiot. I was like, wait, what? That shows, Are you serious? That shows how far this propaganda goes <laughs> to the the Reagan era welfare queen type yeah. of shit that was coming out in the media. Really, it's yeah. it's an and it's a, it's an abusive level of manipulation that's been yeah. driven into this narrative that if you're on unemployment, that somehow you're poor, you're and lazy and I never looked into it, Beth, until he came and said yes. to me, and like he and he had to he had to because I still wasn't convinced. He had to tell me from his own experience. He was just like, "Hey, dude, you know, a couple of years ago, I was working for a company and they went bankrupt. And they went under. They had to, we all of us lost our jobs, and I was on unemployment for like eight months. And I was, yeah. and this was a guy that like had a really good job in in IT, a guy that I respect, a guy that I know. Yeah. And I was just like, "You were on unemployment? How the fuck you on unemployment? Like you, you're you're skilled. You're nice." I don't understand why you would That's do that. Thing. And he and he was just like, no, idiot, listen to me. You pay out of your paycheck every yes. month into this. And so yes. I was just like, I'm not believing you. So I went to Google and I looked it up and I was just like, oh, fuck. Yes. I yes. could have been and, getting and money. I couldn't be getting my money back this whole time. Yes. It takes time to find a job. And that's exactly what this is for, is there is that time lag between when you lose your job and when you find a new one. If you're mm -hmm. lucky, you might find a and new one a within a couple system. of days. It is a great system. It was designed to give that cushion so that people didn't uh, miss mortgage payments and childcare payments right, and everything right, right. like that. They didn't starve simply because there's a, a few weeks of a lag or a few months of a lag in between losing a job and finding a new one. Do you and know who came up with this or like who started this? Because that person FDR. needed to get a round of applause. FDR, 1935. Oh, wow. Yep. yep. And it was it was part of all that the social security and, um, and it, all of that because he recognized that it is not it does not create a a stable society if you have people starving simply because they're between jobs mm -hmm. and that's exactly why we all pay into this it's an insurance program. I don't know if you've seen, I, I can send you some pictures that we can pop up here. Some of these job postings that, that are jobs available out there. And these employers are writing up job descriptions and them. they have yeah. terrible grammar. They have poor spelling and they have, they use language that is implicitly biased, maybe racially biased or gender biased. Yeah. Th these I've, are part I've of the reasons. Of Yes, and these are part of the, this is one of many reasons why some people don't apply to an available job. Far be it from a potential employee to say this hiring manager can't spell check. Uh, that shows that they lack attention to detail. I don't want to work for somebody who lacks attention yeah. to detail for something so important as a job posting. So to my friends who have gone on social media recently and said, all these people on unemployment are lazy and they're selfish because they're not applying for the jobs that I'm 
you know, that, that I'm putting out there or that my employer is yeah. putting out there, please send me the job posting so I can proofread it because I guarantee you there's something in there that's turning people away. And these businesses and the employees have to have that self-awareness to mm -hmm. note that if nobody's applying for your job, maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's not and, everybody else that's the problem. And, and that's the thing. Like, so we have a saying where I'm from that goes, you have dry peas, you have to seek fire. And okay. I, I don't think that these employers, I'm not going to tell you what it means. Like you, you can figure out what it means, but it's like, <laughs> you are the one with the job shortage, but you want to blame other people for why you haven't fixed your problem. Maybe you're right. not seeking fire in the right place. Maybe you're not seeking fire in the right way. Maybe you're, yes. you know, maybe the wages that you're offering are too low. Maybe the benefits that you're offering, that you are offering are not good enough. Maybe the working conditions, you know, maybe, sorry, the people who are looking for jobs right now are just like, you know, I want a job where I can be a part of a union. Your job isn't a part of a union. Right, eh, right, exactly. And that's not everybody else's fault. And it's like these people are suggesting that they're entitled to somebody's labor. You're, mm -hmm. you're lucky to have people apply to your jobs. So act like it. Act like you're lucky. Yeah. Don't act like you're like, entitled to somebody's time and energy. That is not okay to, to demand somebody's time just because you have a need for it. And I think that's where the shift is going in America right yes. now, where people, the general populace, are realizing their self-worth. Like, like, no, mm -hmm. I want breaks and I want two weeks vacation and I want health care and I want benefits and I want you know, wages that can pay my rent and my bills and whatever, and allow me to save $200 even at the end of the month. And if yeah. you're not offering me that, I'm not interested in working for you. Not that I'm getting this unemployment check, which is mine that I've paid into. Let's be completely clear and correct right. about that. It's not welfare. It's not that the government's giving you a check. The, the federal government is attaching $300 onto that. Where do you think yes. the fucking federal government gets money to attach things onto? You are fucking taxes. Yes. Yeah. And I do want to say that there are, there's a small number of people that are going to exploit the system, obviously. I mean, yeah. look at, look at the politicians exploiting their jobs right now. I mean, everybody given the opportunity, if they couldn't get caught, there might be something that we would say, yeah, I might exploit that. But mm. the... It's funny to me that conservatives will will judge the entire group of people based on the small subset that might be exploiting this. But yet when it comes to guns and police violence, they don't want everybody to be judged based on the small number of people that do. Bad oh, things. the argument is, is a few bad apples. And it's right. like, all right, well, well, in the welfare system, it's a few bad apples in the unemployment. Taking advantage of unemployment is a few bad apples. You're never going to have a perfect system. Never. There's always going to be a few bad apples. There's always going to be somebody who's trying to like get one over on the sure. government. And why the fuck should they not? The government's always getting one over on us. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so, sure. So I'll never hate happens. on the person who's getting one over on the government. Get it. <laughs> fuck you, man. Like, but it's so few people that actually government. do. There's so few people that actually do because it's very difficult to even get unemployment insurance in the first place. If yeah. somebody's going to try to scam the government, they're not going to waste their time going through the unemployment system. There are some people that know because how to take advantage of you had to pay into it. There's no yes, way you to have scam to pay it. Into it. Exactly. You have to work and collect a check 
either every week or every month and pay into it for you to be able to get the money back. And exactly. I would also just like to point out, since my friend informed me that I should have been getting unemployment, I once signed up for that fucking shit and had and got my checks. But every week I had to show and prove that I had applied for jobs, I had interviewed for yes. jobs, I had whatever, and I was either turned down or I turned them down and whatnot. And so it's not just you sit here and collect checks. And the number one thing I want to point out is the money can run out. This is very important to understand about unemployment. Let's say you've worked two years. You have X amount of unemployment that you can collect per week up to a certain point. Let's say another person, a coworker in the same company that you work, worked there for 25 years. They have way more unemployment benefits than you do because they work more and work longer. So where your unemployment will run out in four months, theirs might not run out for three years. Mm -hmm. That's not scamming. No, it's not. That's because they work for 25 fucking years and you only work for two. It's insurance. The more you pay in, the more benefits you can get. And I I hope to God the people are listening to this, like understand what the propaganda is and what the truth is and the difference between the two. Because I was one of the people who were victim of the propaganda. I sat there for six months trying my best, struggling to make ends meet when my friend was just like, why are you not collecting this $300, whatever, per week? And I was just like, nah, because my daddy raised me better than that. I'd be fucking like, what if I called home and he was just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm collecting unemployment. And he'd just be disappointed. I'd lose my fucking mind. Like, I don't know. Like, but then when it was pointed out to me that, nah, dude, that's your money. I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this is how deep <laughs> the propaganda runs. And that's exactly why these politicians are able to make very strategic decisions about legislation yeah. In, in, in the case of these states that are cutting the, the federal level, the, the extra federal money, the, the reason they're able to do that is because people believe the propaganda that, mm-hmm. that you don't, you're not allowed that to take unemployment that they're lazy. insurance. Right, exactly. So let's talk about what you mentioned earlier. This, uh, the, this is not a labor shortage, but it's a power shift. Can you go into that? Because I really want to, to talk about what's going on with the, the labor market and what's really going on with the labor market. So we're coming out of COVID, right? Which was a disaster and is a disaster. It is a pandemic and is terrible. And the issue is that businesses are now starting to open up now that we've got vaccine proliferation and people are, the, the rate of, the death rate has slowed down, etc. And people are looking to get back to work. And as Americans, as I said before, we pride ourselves on working for the shit that we got. Nobody handed us anything. Nobody gave us anything. So right. people want to work. But there's this weird propaganda and just like talking point that's being circulated. People are not going back to work because they're sitting on unemployment. Right. And that now has and that's the source of what is called everybody's calling the labor shortage. Mm -hmm. Like if you drive down any street, almost every business is we're hiring. And yes, I get it. 
it's a labor shortage in certain industries. And the way that the propaganda is selling it is that it's like a nationwide labor shortage. Mm -hmm. And it's not. The truth is that there isn't a labor shortage. And I'll give you an example just from our home state, just from Ohio. When COVID started, the just before COVID started, the employment rate in February of 2020, the unemployment rate was 4%. Mm-hmm. 4%. 4. Only 4% of the people in the state of Ohio. Which is pretty amazing, healthy. by the way, because any I economist will was... say, yes, at full full employment is somewhere around 5%. What, what, what has been the... Dude, I thought it, it was yes. higher. I thought it was in the teens. I was shocked. No, the teens, no. Unemployment in the teens is really bad. But back when I was learning economics 20 years ago in college, when I was studying this, they were saying 5% unemployment. I know I am. Um, 5% (laughs) unemployment is considered full employment. Now I think they're going to have to readjust that and they might be considering 4% to be full employment. But I mean, 4% is really good. Today, this current day that we're doing this recording, the unemployment rate is 4.6%. And it's like, well, we're coming out of pandemic. Yeah. Honestly, the unemployment rate should be double and triple that. But it is literally a fraction of a percent of that. It's 4.6 now in May of 2021, as opposed to 4% of in in February of 2020. So there's this there's this big lie. I don't know. I don't know if it's conservatives. I don't know if it's the government in general. I don't know if it's uh, conservative or Republican governors that are propagating this, but there is not an unemployment shortage. There's an employment shortage in certain industries. A lot of industries where people felt that their value to the company or the value to the business was less than that, than their returns and that they, that they were gaining. And that used to be the goal of businesses back in the industrial era. Yeah. They would say, they would say, we want our employees to be paid well enough that they can afford the product that they're making. Exactly. So you have people in China at Foxconn who are making iPhones who cannot afford iPhones. You have people who are working at Ferrari who cannot afford a fucking Ferrari. Yeah. So your value to the company is way higher than what you're being paid. And then you of what you're being paid, you have to pay taxes out of that. And you have to pay into social security. You have to pay whatever. Like all of these people, the people who work at Pfizer, the people who work at CNN or the people who work at whatever. When, a co- what, like, let's just use CNN as an example. To pay for a commercial on CNN is something like $12 million per minute. Yeah. But you work at CNN. You're the person that makes sure the commercial gets on the air. Can you afford to put a commercial on CNN? No, you don't have $12 million. And that's where the 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 the, the dichotomy, the problem is where Americans are looking at things like, oh, we have a labor shortage. It's like, no, it's not. You have a labor shortage in your industry. Yeah. While the pandemic was going on, People found other jobs. People yes. created their own jobs. People who could do nails 
put out on Facebook, I'm doing nails in my living yeah. room. Yeah, people, people started their own businesses. Hair, yes, people who could do hair was just like, I'm doing hair in my living room. People, yeah. you know, had their own lawn care business. People had their own whatever you could think of. People started innovating because they're like, Americans, as I said before, don't lay down. They were just like, it's coming close to rent time and I don't have the rent money. I got to go do something. And then right. after 12 months of doing these things and staying afloat, and not only staying afloat, you had people who started things thinking that they were going to do it to stay afloat and realize that they were thriving. Like, yes. now I can take my family on vacation. Now yeah. I can I can buy actually a better car. I can whatever. So why the fuck would I go back to working at Geno's or... Mm -hmm you know, wherever was paying me seven twenty five, or if you're in the service industry, $3 or $2 and 50 cents. And then you got to scrape people's, you know, money off the table, depending on how they thought that your service was. Yeah. Now you're doing hair and nails in your kitchen. Now you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing drywall, you're framing, you're doing carpentry, you're doing all these things. And you're realizing, had I, had I done these things before, I could have been affording myself and my family the things that I wanted. So why the fuck would I go back there? Because if the employment rate pre-COVID was 4% and now it's 4.6%, it's not that people are unemployed. It's people aren't on it. People aren't employed in what the fuck you want them to do. And also the unemployment rate isn't just people who don't have a job. It's people who don't have a job that want a job. So the unemployment right. rate may just be a smidge higher because some of the people who had a job before are not even looking anymore. They don't want they're a job. Not, they're not. So they're not part of the unemployment numbers anymore. And, and the people who are listening to this, you know people who have been affected by this pandemic and turned to their own self as a resource and now have decided that, yo, I can make $3,000 off a month based on my talent, based on my skill, and I don't want to go back to, to Chase or Nationwide or Amazon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And now, now, now they've presented themselves as a, a bargaining chip where it's like, yes. if you want me to work at your place, you need to pay me more than the side gig that I had that I turned into my main gig. That's right. That is the truth of the labor shortage. Yes. And going back to these people, these employers who are putting out job postings and getting pissed off that nobody's mm -hmm. applying for them, part of it is making sure you got good grammar <laughs> in your job posting. Part of it yeah. is making sure that you're not racially biased or you know, gender biased or anything like that. But also, what are you offering? Are you offering the benefits that people want? If you're not, you can't blame somebody else for not offering that stuff. You have to be, there has to be some self-reflection, but also some market research research what it is that these employees would want to have. That's not somebody else's problem. That's not somebody else's job to do that. If you want to hire employees, you got to put in the footwork. You got to put in the research to know what those employees are going to want. I saw a post recently that was saying Burger King was hiring and they were saying, they were saying to the parents, Hey parents, if you have a teenager who's 14, 15, 16 years old, who wants a job, we will hire them. Please take an application to them. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm literally just looking at America like, yo, this is where we are in the in, in our labor evolution 
where companies are begging you to send your child into child labor? There's a reason that we shouldn't be here. It's because we already went through this before. There's a reason we, did we have child labor laws. 20s. Oh, before that, in the 1880s, the Gilded Age. Anybody listening right now, go Google it. The Gilded Age. It is exactly what we're going through here again. And we don't want to yeah. make the same mistakes. You got to protect yourself, protect your children, protect your worth, know your value, and do not take jobs just because they're available, unless maybe yeah. you're okay with that. But don't feel like you're being forced into a job simply because it's available. And for mm -hmm. any of you who think that everybody should just take whatever's available, please stop. Please stop doing that. It's not so, right. It's not right to force people into labor that they're not willing to consent to. Or, or comfortable. Cutting off of the unemployment benefits. Wait, I said that wrong. And I'm going to leave this in. The cutting off of the unemployment insurance. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm doing it right, right? <laughs> yes, you the are. The cutting off of the unemployment insurance is apparently, according to research and people who studied, you know, economics and sociology and socioeconomics, is that it's going to affect women far more than men because a lot of men um were in jobs that were blue or and or green color jobs um when the pandemic hit and resorted to those jobs where the woman had to for obvious societal reasons leave their jobs to stay at home to be a stay-at-home mom because the kids are now staying at home because they have to do virtual learning or online learning or whatever. And so when the unemployment additional benefits of $300 gets cut, as they are doing in 18 states, as Beth earlier pointed out, um, is going to disproportionately affect women way more than it affects men, because they're going to lose, what would that be? $1,200 per month, because not only are they staying home and have lost their jobs? But if they were to go back to the jobs in the summer, they now have to consider childcare for the kids that they were staying home to provide for and protect and care for. Yes. And that's a huge issue where, where all these talking points are being thrown around. A lot people aren't considering that, that like, yo, one of the most vulnerable sex or, or the most, the, the more vulnerable half of our society, women are going to be adversely affected because now you're, you're cutting off their benefits to try to send them back to work. But what are, are, are the five-year-old kids just going to stay at home while both parents go to work? Well, I, I have to ask the obvious question. Why mm. is it in the year 2021 that women are still the expected person to stay at home with the kids. It's unacceptable to me that, that this would be disproportionately affecting women because I find it unacceptable that when push comes to shove, that the woman always has to be the one to stay at home with the children. That's that shit. That shit drives me crazy. 
so I just find it d very maddening and I'm frustrated when I, I, and I know that this is not, this should be a decision for every family. And if a woman mm -hmm. wants to stay home with her children, absolutely do it. Yeah. But I have had my friends reach out to me over the past year during this pandemic and the women were venting to me about how they were always the one to expected to step back from their job. And they didn't consent to that. That's just how it was. And I feel for them and my heart breaks for them because when it came down to it, a lot of the, the as you said, the societal pressure is yeah. the man's not going to stay home because then he would, I don't know, feel, I, I don't know. I, men have to explain this to me. Why, why it's such a, why, why is it a hit to the ego? If I were wed to somebody who makes more money than me, I don't know what the conversation would be to ex to try to convince her to step down from her job and stay with the kids while I go out and continue to do the job that brings in less money. Correct. Now, I, I know for a fact that that conversation happens and the end result of the conversation is that the man goes out to his job and the woman has to stay home. Yeah. I don't know what the words would be that would, that would facilitate that kind of a result. And I also would never want to be with the woman that would be convinced to do that. That is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Like, listen, you, you make X plus three and I make X. Hey, quit your job so that <laughs> I can I can feel okay with my fucking ego. It doesn't like, make it's an it's I don't know. Is it ego? <laughs> Is it just, you know, do they feel like less of a man in front of their their coworkers? I don't know what it is. I'm not in that position because I don't have children. My husband and I don't have children, so I can't say for sure what that conversation yeah. would be, but I do know for a fact that a, a significant number of my female friends reached out to me over the past year and said, this is really hard for me because I feel like I can't keep my job. Well, it's I, very... I, were, were, were these female friends making equal or more than their male counterparts? I do not know. And I think it's a mixture if I were to ask them that question, because I don't think it's right to pry into people's salary, even if, yeah, you know, yeah. if it's somebody I've known for but a you long know what, time. Though? You know but what, though? I, don't I think we're shifting I don't know. to that, Beth. We're shifting to that. We're shifting to where people talk about goddamn salary. Who yes. who made it taboo to talk about fucking salary? You know uh, who? Probably employers. Y yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it wasn't because yes. why not? Why can't I have a conversation with you where it says I'm a brick mason and I work for so and so's masonry and I make twenty three dollars an hour and then you could be like, wait a minute, that's fucked up. My cousin's yes. a brick mason and he works for so-and-so's company and he makes $32 an hour. Why are you making a whole $10 less than him? And now we can be like, so now I get to go back to my boss and be like, hey, what's going on with these people making weight? Right. Like a third more than I make. Do you not value my thing? And that's, that's the thing. It all comes back. This whole conversation comes back to what value do you bring to the company? If you That's are right. making the company billions of dollars, you should at least be making millions of dollars. If Correct. you are making the company thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you should be making at least tens of thousands of dollars. 
Now, I get it. Companies have to make profit. They have to have their overhead. They have to have all of these things taken care of, insurance and otherwise. But like when you are working for pennies and a company is making hundreds of billions, Mm -hmm. listen, Stanley's here to tell you, don't go back to that fucking job. Look what, know what you're worth. Know what you're worth. I support whatever. And you know what the the cool thing about this labor movement is? There was no meeting. There was no, there was no everybody getting together and saying, you know, everybody individually looked at this shit and was like, okay, well, while in the pandemic, I survived by doing this. Right. Why the fuck would I go back to that? It's completely organic that this is happening. There was not a collective. And that's why I think that this podcast episode is very timely because people need to recognize that they should mm-hmm. feel empowered to know their worth and to stand up for their worth, even yeah. as it relates to the the women who have had to make a decision to stay home with their children versus their husband staying home with their I children. Know your worth. It. Yes, I know your worth. Support it. If it know is the right worth. thing, if it is the right thing to do for the for the woman to stay home, have at it. But make sure that there's consent involved in that conversation. And it's going to be uncomfortable for sure. But I think this is a self-fulfilling prophecy that a lot of companies pay women less because they do take time off to take care of their children. And then women don't feel empowered to stand up for their worth when it comes to uh, because maybe a lot, maybe, uh, yes. And well, maybe a lot of these parents were in a situation where the man does, the husband does make more than the wife because of the fact that she took time off to even have the children in the first place. Uh, so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that the woman's always going to have to take a step back in that situation because she, she can't make enough as, as her, or as much as her husband, because she's been taking the time off for the children. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. this all comes back to knowing your worth and knowing your value and standing up for that. And I think that this organic movement and the labor shift is something that we should all participate in and champion one another. And for, for the men that are listening, I'm not trying to hate on men right now. This is not about that, but if you need to know your worth too, I'm there to champion you as well. This is this is not about gender roles. This is not no. about any of that People, stuff. This is about stop taking everybody. $10 an hour. Stop taking $10 an hour for a company that will rec- report a first or second quarter earnings of fucking $8.2 billion. Stop. <laughs> Don't fucking go. No, I support you, yo. Don't yeah. go back. Fuck mm-hmm. them. Don't go back. No, make this make a change. See... Congress didn't want to, matter of fact, the Republicans in Congress didn't want to champion your cause of getting a minimum wage of $15. Here's how you make sure that happens. Don't sell yourself short. If you have to hustle, if you have to chop firewood, if you have to fucking carry cement blocks or whatever to make the same or more money than you would make at the shit job that you had, don't fucking go back. Listen, I get it. You, every... In America, our insurance or health insurance is tied to our employment. I get it. It's a tough situation. But we are all on the cusp of changing labor to where the company has to impress us for us to want to go. You are worth something. I don't care if you have a college degree. I don't care if you don't have a college degree or whatever. If you have spent 30 years of your life and you learned something, you learned a craft, you learned how to edit internet videos, you learn how to do plumbing, you learn how to, you know, lay cement or pour cement or tie steel or whatever. 
do those fucking things and not have a company tell you that you can make only $8 while they make a billion in the first quarter so that you can get insurance. That's right. If we all together get together and just these businesses, look, there's no reason in America or on the planet why just because you open a business, it has to succeed. Exactly. Just, just think about that for a second. Yes. Like businesses fail all the time because poor business model, poor marketing, poor management, poor, <laughs> poor management, poor products, poor whatever. It yeah. is not your job as the employee to make sure that the business succeeds so that you can keep your job. It is your job to fucking get paid. I'm a total advocate of that. Yep. Know your worth. Charge people what you're worth. Fuck it. Charge them extra. People got money. Ask Kanye. Charge them extra. We didn't talk about the boomers and retirement and all that kind of stuff. I, I may have mentioned it. I may have not. But let me just say you that did a not. lot of you the did people... Not. I'm the sober okay. one. You did not. <laughs> Fine. A lot of the people who are who are not going back to work are boomers who have realized that it would just be better for them to just retire early. Like mm -hmm. spending five years at more years at this company is not going to increase my pension any amount significantly or whatever. And through the pandemic, they were just like, okay, I'm I'm fucking done, whatever. Um. But also, a lot of people are changing industries where they don't want to be a waitress anymore. They don't want to be a cashier at Winn-Dixie or Publix or Kroger or Food Lion. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I covered the entire East Coast with those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't want to be they don't want to be a cashier in those places anymore. They want to yeah. go back to school. They want to go do a trade. They want to go market mm -hmm. themselves. Maybe those people who were doing those things were good landscapers or they could do hair or they could do, you know, nails or they could sew or they could make a dress or they could be a seamstress or, you know, they could be a cobbler and do shoe repair or they could do whatever. A lot of people realize that this dead end job that I was in with no upward mobility is bullshit because when a pandemic hits, I'm the first to get chopped. I'm dispensable. So let me go make myself more useful to myself. Well, can we also say how egregious it was that the people who got paid the least, the frontline workers, such as the, you know, the people working at Kroger, people working at Food yeah. Lion, they got paid the least, but they were considered essential. They were essential. And, because well, we they, and they, them. hold on. But I mean, we, we all know that they were essential, Yeah. but the, the companies finally recognized them as being essential, but did they get yeah. a pay increase? No, no they didn't. They did not. Is it, it was like, and now that I, now that the oh pandemic is got, starting to wind down, yeah, right. And now that the pandemic is starting to wind down, there's still no conversation about how valuable those people are to all of us and how grateful yeah. we are to them. Their employers are not seeing it that same way. They're like, "Yes, I, you were essential, but now we're back to normal again." So, hey, thanks for being here. This is it's exactly awful. why we have this crazy propaganda perceived labor shortage because it's like the people who realize that they were essential to society 
but not being paid as essential to a society are not going back to essential work. And Correct. I applaud you they? people. Know yeah. your fucking worth. Fuck that. Like the best compliment you could give a person who is working at your job is payment. Yes. Nothing else. Not a pizza party, not a fucking trip, not a whatever. If you want to show your, as an employer, and I've employed people, I employ people for one of my jobs. They're all contract workers or whatever. And they'll tell you, I employ them, that they're, they're fine. I give them close a lot more than the state going average for hourly work. And I provide lunch and I provide snacks and whatever. So I don't have a worker who's ever worked for me who was just like, nah, I don't fucking like that guy. Every single person who I, like, they call me like, yo, you ain't got no work. Can I come? Like, what's going on? That's what you want as an employer. Not these mm -hmm. signs posted up on your fucking business telling the general public that your company is shit, that your product is shit. That's not what you want. Right. Like, I made a, I'm, I'll make a lot of money on this contract. And I'll, like, the people who work with me, one or two or three, will make a quarter to a third of the money from that contract. Yeah, because you share the I wealth. Exactly. I don't look at it like I got to make 98%. Really? Like, why do I have to make all of that, man? Right. Like, my kids are in school. Like, I'm I'm fed. I'm warm. I wear nice clothes. I don't understand, like, why I need... Like, is that going to get me closer to the fucking 25-foot, 30-foot yacht? That well, $200 you, is not going to do it. You understand that without loyal employees, your business will fail. So you're making the wise investment of investing in your employees so that they yeah. will be loyal to you and stay. And, and hey, if, even if one of them has to leave for whatever reason, they might recommend a friend to come replace them yep. at your business. I've I never had about. a person in, in three, three years of me running my own business. I've never had a person go, the, the pay is shit. Right. That's right. never happened. I've never had a conversation about that because I, I, I say what I'm willing to offer as payment for whether it's a day's work or hourly or whatever, and they agree to it and they get that and extra as much as I can give to an independent contractor. You know, right. obviously I can't provide them healthcare, but you know, right. It is what right. it is, but holy shit. Anyways, um, do you have more to say, Beth? Well, I do want to say that we're going to have some bonus content where I do have a couple, a couple things to say, but we're going to make that over on Patreon. So if you are not already a patron, come join us over there so you can see what else I yeah. have to say. We have a lot of raunchy footage on Patreon, especially last week. That was hella. Yeah. I, like I, I was drunk when I was doing the content. And then I yeah. realized when I was sober, I was just like, I didn't want to say half of the things I said. <laughs> yes a lot of times we take these these extra segments or the funny shit and we just put it up on patreon so if you want to see more yeah. head on over there and uh, it happens can... at the end of the the show so yes. we're already fucking drunk as shit yeah well you are this week you are really drunk right now <laughs> among other things 
Okay. So I will tell everybody where else they can find us uh, aside from Patreon. You can find us on Twitch at Mixed Politics. You can also find us on YouTube. That may be where you're watching right now. If you are, be sure to subscribe and hit the like button, share the video. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Mixed.Politics. On Twitter, we are at Mixed Politics mm-hmm. one You can also send us an email with questions, comments, show ideas, anything you got to say at MixedPoliticsPod at gmail.com. So be sure to subscribe to our audio podcast as well. Wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a rating. Be sure to Amazon leave us music. five stars. <laughs> That's my jam. That's where I go to see these podcasts. There you go. All right. So we do have a Patreon. We'll just kind of keep this short that we have extra footage over there. We've got tiers where you can have all kinds of merch. You can just get extra perks like having dinner with us. And I mean, just go check it out. Be sure to become a patron so you can see all the fun stuff behind the scenes. She's so great. She's like, hey, people who are watching or listening, she's recognized that I'm 17 sheets to the wind and she just fucking took my dialogue. I know. I hope you don't mind. No, no, I don't mind. I get it. (laughs) You know what? I got a secret to tell you as soon as we quit, we press stop recording. And you're going to be like, yeah, no, I do. No, it's a massive secret. And you're, when you hear it, you're going to be like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, so yeah. Now everybody's going to have to go to Patreon. (laughs) If they want to know. Okay. You ready? To all of our analysts, pundits, and experts, cheers. Mm -hmm. Cheers. All right. (laughs) Have a good one. And that's a wrap. So, Beth, you ready yes. for this massive secret? <laughs>